Welcome to Week in Review, where we recap events and issues pertinent to Central Illinois. I'm WMBD Radio News Director Will Stevenson. The last several weeks have been violent in Peoria. Most of the deaths recorded in the month of August have happened in the last several weeks, bringing the city's homicide total to 19. It all culminated in a considerably violent week this week. On Wednesday night, six people were injured in one South Peoria shooting. And then the next morning, two shootings police believe are connected killed two people. Peoria Police Chief Eric Echevarria, Mayor Rita Ali, and First District City Council Member Denise Jackson were part of a news conference Thursday afternoon. On August 30th at approximately 9 p.m. in the 2200 block of West Marquette, we responded to two shots by the alerts, one for 19 rounds and another for 10 rounds. In all, six people, all males, were injured and transported to the hospital for our juveniles. Five of the six sustained gunshot wounds. Two are life-threatening injuries. One is an adult and one is a juvenile and are still being treated at the hospital. This morning at approximately 9 a.m., we responded to the 2100 block of West Antoinette on a 25-round shot spotter alert. Upon arrival, two gunshot victims, both adult males, were located and transported to the hospital. One passed away from injuries, and the other is reported to be in stable condition. While on the scene of Antoinette, a 911 call came in that there was a gunshot victim in the 800 block of South Helen. Upon arrival, officers located one male adult who was later pronounced dead on scene, and a coroner was notified. At this time, we believe that the shooting on Marquette is not connected to the shooting on Antoinette or Helen. However, we do believe that Antoinette and Helen are related. We have made one arrest related to these shootings already and have seized multiple vehicles that were involved. I want to assure the public that we are using every available resource that is at our disposal. This includes the assistance from the Illinois State Police, the Peoria Sheriff's Office, and the ATF. We are continuing to follow up on all available leads and will seek federal charges where appropriate. The community needs to know that all these shootings are not gang related, but rather targeted and isolated between groups of individuals having conflict with each other. I realize that we have had a sudden surge of violence and I want to reassure the public that you will see a more visible presence of officers in and around the neighborhoods where the violence is occurring. That includes more officers throughout the holiday weekend to include the Illinois State Police. However, I plead with our parents that you know where your children are and who they are with. I also ask parents to not contribute to the delinquency of your minors by supporting or encouraging bad behavior. We are losing too many young lives and we need your help. Please speak up share information, and help take our communities back by helping end this census violence. And now we'll pass this on to the mayor. Thank you to Police Chief Echevarria and the men and women of the Peoria Police Department for their tireless work. I also want to thank First District Councilwoman Denise Jackson for her presence here today. As many of you know, the recent acts of violence last night and this morning occurred in her district. As you heard the chief say, 
The violent incidents of last night and this morning have been targeted events. We want to assure you that these are not widespread, but instead happening in specific areas of our city and to targeted groups and individuals. The violence that has happened on Peoria's South Side last night and today should not reflect on the community members that live there. They too are tired of living with the violence. As many of you know, I grew up on the South Side of Peoria. My family still lives there. My mother, my brother, my nieces and nephews, and lifelong friends. These violent acts are personal to me. These acts break the hearts of the people who live there, who work there, and who chose to have a home there. I'm asking for the sake of our families and of our community to put down the guns and stop the shooting. Parents, you heard that juveniles were involved in these crimes. Be aware of your children's activities. We must provide them with guidance and support, and we cannot give up hope for our youth and young adults. I'm asking for calm, peace, and cooperation. Choose peace over retaliation. Choose unity over division. A violent crime that occurs anywhere in our city affects everyone in our city, and we all deserve better. You want to take it from here, Chief? Yes, any, uh, any questions? Yeah, uh, Chief, what I would like to ask is, and I think I speak for a lot of the folks who, who live here in this city, understanding full well that you know, there's not really much you guys could do to stop some of these shootings. What do you say, say to the folks that they have heard all this? They have heard you guys say that we're going to get tough. They have heard you guys say that we're going to put, put more officers out. They have heard you say that we're going to do fed, federal charges. And they have heard you guys say that you want the parents to get in, involved. What is di different? Well, are they getting involved? That's the difference. The parents need to stop, stop engaging with these juveniles and, and, and being part of the problem and start talking to us and letting us know what's going on. We have a lot of adults in this city that know what is going on. We have a lot of juveniles that know what's going on. But we really got to count on these adults to start stepping up. You're right. We've said this over and over and over again. How many times can I stand up here and say enough is enough? So my face is blue, right? Until our community starts to step up, not just to complain that the police isn't doing anything, which is inaccurate, because we are. Because you don't see a squad car somewhere, or you don't see an officer somewhere, doesn't mean that we're not in those areas, right? We have other tactics in place. We need the community to step up and start voicing and con their concerns and the things that they're seeing. We have tools available. TIF 411, Crime Stoppers, call the, uh, the 911. Call your neighborhood resident officer, right? There's other things that they can do to get this information to us, right? If they want to remain anonymous as well. You both, Next. You both mentioned uh, different groups here. What can you tell us about the groups involved in these shootings? Is it different neighborhoods? I mean, what, 
Can you elaborate further on what you mean by groups? Well, it's it's not gang related. When we say there is no hierarchy here, right? There is no um, rules and protocols and procedures like you would see in a typical gang. These are kids or young adults who have these beefs against each other, whether it's something that happened on social media or some long-term, some old uh, beefs that they've had from other times that have just been rehashed. There is no hierarchy here. This is just disorder from these kids and young adults who wanna, don't know how to problem solve other than pulling out a gun and shooting somebody. More of the Peoria Police Press Conference with more Week in Review coming up. We continue now with a Peoria Police-hosted news conference involving Police Chief Eric Echevarria, Mayor Rita Ali, and City Council First District Member Denise Jackson, and questions from reporters. Last night you mentioned that something that needs to be done is address the root causes of these issues. What exactly are you doing to identify and tackle these root causes? Well, I think there's some uh, there's some other things in place in the city already, and there's organizations within the city that are, are trying to work on that. When I say root causes, what I'm talking about is what is driving this group to be in a fight with this other group, and how do we stop that? Right? One of them is the adults know what is going on. This there is no secret out here, right? There is no secrets in Peoria. I haven't been here a long time, but I know that Peoria doesn't have secrets. Every little thing that anybody does in Peoria. Everybody knows about it. It's immediately on Facebook. It's on social media somewhere. People know what's going on. People need to start speaking up. Right? This no snitch mentality has to stop. So how is it that you get adults to be more active and take that approach? Is it by forcing them, offering more resources, tugging on their heartstrings? How do you get them? I, I, I don't know how many more resources we can offer. This city is resource rich. The city is resource rich. There is resources coming out of everywhere. There's mentorship groups coming out of everywhere. Right? Adults need to start taking responsibility. Parents need to start taking responsibility, and we can't force that. Right? Until it hits them on their doorstep, maybe that's what it's going to take. We don't want that to happen. Take responsibility now before some other catastrophe happens. You mentioned how things go on Facebook really quickly in Peoria. One of the things that spilled over, the uncertainty and fear today, spilled over into our schools, particularly Manual and Central, Manual and Central High School. Um, is the canceling at schools today out of an abundance of caution, or were there ever active threats against these schools? That's a decision that you'd have to speak with the, with the school uh, superintendent about. They make those decisions. We don't make those decisions for them. Um, they feel that they, they needed to take that, that, that remedy. That's a decision they made. We are in constant communication with, with, with Chief Boone and his staff, the security of those schools. We have been at the school since school started. We will continue to be there before and after school as needed. Um, you know, if, the, if there's some fears and there's concerns, rightfully so. Parents are hearing and seeing these things. They don't know what is accurate. That's why we want to put this press conference together to get some real information out there, and you're hearing it from us. Question for Mayor Ali, if I may. There's been mentions in the past of possibly city ordinances or working with state legislators to make laws that could possibly hold parents accountable for the behavior of their children. Has there been any movement or further discussions on that front over the past weeks and months? Well, I know that there's... It's. I think it started at a city council member where there was some discussion about how do we hold parents more responsible. And I, I know that it happens at the state level as well, but there's been no local ordinances and to my knowledge, no state 
legislation that actually puts some teeth into that. But again, we have to engage the parents. We have to um, find, you know, sometimes you have to find uh, a substitute significant adult to connect with a young person, to help to guide them and to, to support them, to help them in their decision-making processes. Because many times, you know, there's these disputes that happen among these young adults and they, they have a weapon on them and they're choosing to use the weapon, you know, rather than the fist fights of my day, they're choosing to fire a gun and it oftentimes results in serious injury or loss of life. I did have a little bit more. I didn't turn over my other paper here, but I, I want to add here that um, staff at the Peoria Police Department continue to work really tirelessly to reduce the violence in our city, and they want people to enjoy a safe city, not just over the Labor Day weekend, but all year long. We've got a three-day weekend coming up, and we still have warm weather, and sometimes things happen. You've heard the police chief talk about the things that they're doing to improve safety and to curb the violence, and they continue to work with the school resource officers in our schools to assure that the children are safe. Uh, they're also working with ATF and the sheriff's office. The state police will bring additional law enforcement for our Labor Day weekend coming up. But again, police are doing their job, but it's not just their job. It's not just their job. This is a job for all of us, and everyone has something within their power to contribute to making our community safer. And for some, that's to pray for our community. For some, it's to be involved in some way with a community organization that has a program, an anti-violence program. There's different ways that people have gifts that they can help, but everyone can help in some way Again, if just to pray for our community. So I'm asking the public to work with our police on their investigations by contacting um, TIP 411. It's anonymously, uh, you can contact them anonymously, and the information could really help our community at a time like this. Mayor Andy? We've been talking about root causes. Oh, I'm sorry, Colin. And, oh, no problem. <laughs> okay. And anti-violence programs. I mean, just as an example, the Cure Violence Southside RFP has been extended two times now as they continue to try to find a community organization to build the base there. Many of these things are very long-term, and these things are happening in our community right now. What, if any, short-term options are there to explore outside of increased policing? Right. Some of these initiatives, like Cure Violence, they can't happen fast enough for our community. And again, that, I think, extension went through sometime mid-September. Uh, hopefully, we'll get a, an organization in place and be able to implement Cure Violence for the South Side uh, beginning in January of next year. Hopefully, we'll get an organization in place to be able to implement Cure Violence for the East Bluff. Those are kind of the two hotspot areas as it relates to gun violence in our community. But in the meantime, you know, the community has to protect itself as well. Of course, the police... There's many different new initiatives that have been put in place by the police chief and his team. We've got to help. Again, we've got to help by providing information. We've got to help by helping to protect our neighbors and, and our children. This block was actually tar targeted by the, safe, by the safety net. 
people have been there. They've been knocking on doors. Your officers have done walk and talks, meet and greets, whatever, whatever they're called. You guys have been in this neighborhood. You have been doing the thing that you have done that you say is important, which is building relationships. It hasn't worked. What do now, so now, so now what? Well, I don't know if I agree with you that it doesn't work, Andy, right? Relationship building, you don't build a relationship from one day to the other, right? We're not friends between today and tomorrow. We have to continue to be in those neighborhoods. We have to continue to build that and nurture that and build those relationships and build that trust, right? That's why we're continuing to ask those that live in and around there to share information, not hold on to it. They're seeing things. There are people that are going into those areas as well that know what's going on, right? It's a process. It's a process, and we're going to continue to nurture those relationships. And then respond to that as well. So you can't say it doesn't, it's not working, uh, because we've just begun to knock on those doors in the targeted neighborhood. And I want to say the science got it right, because the science, in terms of the the work that the uh, police analysts had done, indicated that this neighborhood block was a seriously concerned area for violence. That's why we targeted that block, to get to know the households that live there, to get to know the needs of the people, to try to address the needs of the households and the individuals that live there. So again, it takes time. It was just two months ago that we started knocking on doors in in that particular area, and we're learning the needs. When you have a hot spot, it's a hot spot. It's a hot spot until you can uh, intervene. So there has to be intervention in order to reduce the violence in that hotspot area. I uh, just want to say that I have intentionally chosen, I'm the first district city council person, you all know that. Uh, The south side for the most part, I've lived on it most of my life uh, that I've lived here in Peoria. And I would like to say that uh, one of the uh, biggest problems I think we all are aware of is that we've got a lot of angry people out there. Uh, They're not just juveniles, uh, some of them are young adults. And I would just like to appeal to those individuals because we know that we cannot police our way out of this situation. And I would just like to, as a family that's been impacted by crime, I would just like to make an appeal to the parents. Uh, if you can't handle your child, we've got resources, we've got, we've got counseling services, we've got just a plethora of things to help you uh, to provide the kind of help that your son or your daughter needs. Uh, so if you don't know how to help your child manage conflict with other individuals, we've got a plethora of programs, young men who are in in and around the community who are willing to work with these young people. And as we all know, uh, crime is kind of like cancer, y'all. We don't know where all these individuals live, but we do know like cancer, it tends to spread around the city. So I would just like to appeal to folks throughout the city. If you see something, say something. You can remain anonymous. If you see something, say something care enough about your child, care enough about your community to reach out and say something. Uh, We've got resources here. Uh, We just want to know what we can do to help your children because we all deserve to have a safer community. And as as the old saying goes, 
when you've got one weak link, uh, the entire city tends to be impacted. So I would just like to uh, thank the police department, to thank the mayor for the work that's been going on. And for those uh, young people who um, need that assistance, we're here to provide it. We just want you to have enough respect and value uh, for human life uh, to not make uh, decisions that you will regret in the future. Because as we all know uh, from previous incidents, there are never any winners in situations like this. Never any winners. So I just would like to uh, make that appeal to the families to do what you can to reach out. We're here to help you. Thank you. Go hold on. Oh, thank you. <clears throat> I, I just got to say one more thing while, while I'm up here before I take your question. There are great people that also live in that neighborhood, right? So to say it's not working, right, is saying that they're the problem in that neighborhood. Whether we have one house or two houses or a small group of people that are causing a problem in that area, it is not that whole neighborhood. So I just want to reiterate that. There's great people. We were out there last night. We were out there this morning. And there's a lot of great people living in that neighborhood who want to have a peaceful area and are communicating with the police. They are. We just need more people to do that. Go ahead. Just read a comment here that came in while we're screaming this that said building relationships has done nothing to make crime rates drop. I, I would imagine you disagree with that. I do. I do. I do. And I'll, I'll leave it as that. I disagree with that. But the, the person that made that comment is welcome to come meet with me at the police department and let me hear the ideas they have to, to curve some of this. And uh, sometimes we get the keyboard warriors behind there with their comments. But I, I welcome the a face-to-face conversation. We'll talk to a community leader in South Peoria with more Week in Review coming up. Earlier this week, not long after a violent Wednesday night and a violent Thursday morning, WMBD's T.J. Carson talked with a community leader in South Peoria about what to do from here and how the violence could possibly end. Clara Underwood Foreman. What's some of your initial thoughts and reactions? Prayer. Uh, Actually, uh, tonight we have a corporate prayer. Pastors in Peoria, we're going to be coming together at the church uh, tonight to pray. uh, Because as a pastor, you know, I just believe that that's going to be the answer. Uh, to turning uh, this thing around, not uh, so much as people, uh, programs and so much, which is good, but uh, we need to come together and and unify uh, here. Uh, It just breaks my heart. Uh, Yeah, I lost both my sons uh, to gun violence. Both were murdered. And and so since then, I just have a passion to uh, to really to reach out to the young men and women that's out here and then also reach out to the families uh, that is... uh, affected you know and it's not just the immediate family but it's all of peoria is affected by what's going on in our city right now uh what's that message you want to tell to try to uh get people to kind of stop the violence what what words do you want to tell them that you hope will sway them in the right direction well all all uh all of us all of our lives matter all lives matter and we have to put value on that uh it is seemingly now there is no value uh, on life. You know, it's just so easy to just pick up a gun and, and, and kill someone. But when you do that, it's not just that person, but it's families, it's communities that is affected by this. So my thing would be stop, you know, stop and think about it before you take someone's life. It's also a message from what I'm hearing of coming together and having people's backs. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, that's it. That's how we're going to do it. And then the people in the street will know that this is enough. You know, this is enough. As it says so many times, enough is enough. But when they see that we're not going to, we're not, we're not going to accept this. This is this is ridiculous. You know, and uh, and we we uh, we want to see them take a different path as well. But from our uh, standpoint, that's enough. It's just enough. What are some of your thoughts and emotions uh, as you come to this scene? Uh, what were your reactions to not only this, but the one from earlier this morning and the one from last night? Oh, it, it is. Here we go again. You know, another uh, uh, mother, father have lost their child. Another family grieving. Peoria is grieving right now. And I see all of the people that are standing around uh, because of this young man that have uh, lost their lives. And to see a mother, you know, last month, uh, you know, I, I saw a mother just screaming because she had lost her son. And I know how that is because I've gone through it twice. And so uh, my heart goes out to the families uh, of the ones uh, that was killed and also to the family because they lost their child as well because, you know, uh, as far as prison or whatever the case may be. So it's just, it's just bad all around. And your words have more of an impact because you have that experience, you have that sympathy, you have that connection with those people that are grieving. Well, it, it is a club that I don't want to be a part of, never elected to be a part of it, but I am. Uh, and that's a part of, um, you know, being a mother uh, that have lost uh, uh, two sons uh, to gun violence. So I do know. I, I, you know, I'm not one to say, well, I know how you feel and don't know. I do know how you feel. I know what you're going to go through, uh, you know, in the future, in the days ahead, but you will be able to make it through that. One of the vibes I'm getting, too, is that people are just tired and they've just had enough. Mm -hmm. uh, is that the same feeling you uh, see? Uh, it is. It is. But the other one that I see is that, and not just for the families that's involved, but Peoria have become numb. It has happened so many times. There was a time when there was total outrage when someone was killed or murdered. But now, you know, you say, okay, uh, someone was killed last night. And it's, oh, really? And that's it. And so we've become numb to this. And we cannot do that. We cannot do that. We have got to take each uh, person that have lost their lives. And we've got to, to uh, come together. We've got to come together and, and grieve with those families. But we also got to do something to stop this violence. And it sounds like it's going to take a community effort as well. What kind of, what does that look like? What does that community effort look like? Well, number one, it looks like what we're doing tonight uh, at, at 7 o'clock at the church. Uh, prayer, that, that, that's from my standpoint as a pastor. But also when it comes to our political leaders, uh, all, all, of, uh, all of the people in Peoria, we have got to all come together and sit down and come up with a solution to stop this violence. And there is a solution, I believe that. And I know that God ultimately is going to be the one, but there is a solution that we can come up with as a community to, to be able to reach these young people, getting these guns, you know, off the street or whatever the case may be. And, uh, and, uh, and I know the police is working really hard and I commend them, but it's gonna take all of us together. Have you talked to police, uh, local leaders, elected officials about uh, some of these problems and concerns? And if you have, what have they told you? Well, absolutely. As a matter of fact, I don't know if you know or not, but I ran for city council okay. uh, back, uh, you know, during this election or whatever. And I voiced my opinion. Uh, I have a good relationship with uh, Chief uh, Eric. Uh, Echevera and uh, and we worked together. I worked with him on a project last summer uh, 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 on uh, gun buyback. We worked together on that. So 
and I've been, I've talked to the mayor, you know, I met with the mayor or whatever and other leaders. And so it's just a matter of doing it. You know, we've talked enough, we've met enough. So now it's time to do. And then just kind of talking about the frustration in the community, is, is there going to be a moment where people just say enough is enough and there's a strong uh, rising to kind of combat this? Well, if this is not the moment, I don't know what will be. When you have, uh, look, from, from my understanding in the last week or so, uh, almost 10 people, I believe, were shot. And, and we got uh, X amount of those that passed away. So if this is not the moment, I don't know what the moment is. This need to be the time that where we say, okay, that's it. And I'm hoping tonight, when we meet tonight, that that is the consensus of everyone, that we're going to, if we need to hit the streets, whatever we need to do, if we need to go down to City Hall, on the steps of City Hall, or whoever, or wherever, it's time to do it now. Anything else, any other thoughts? Uh, well, the first one is my heart does go out to, uh, to all of the families, um, you know, that are grieving and, uh, you know, to let them know, uh, man, I understand and definitely praying for them and, um, here, you know, if anything that you need from me, you know, I'm here to do that. But my last word to Peoria is come on, come on, come on, let's stop this. More Week in Review coming up. As more of a focus in our world goes on mental health and how to help people with mental health issues, the farming community is also impacted, perhaps with the greatest of highs after a great harvest to the lowest of lows when the economy and when prices are bad and when the weather is bad and doesn't help corn and soybeans grow and things like that. So the state of Illinois is putting together a program that can help farmers and their mental health. Governor J.B. Pritzker talked about it this week at the Farm Progress Show in Decatur. We have our Farm Family Resource Initiative Advisory Council members here, and of course a lot of show attendees and, and uh, exhibitors that have joined us um, as we take steps forward to safeguarding the health and well-being of farmers throughout our state. For generations, farmers have awakened at the crack of dawn to feed their livestock and to tend to their crops so that the rest of the world can enjoy the nutritious food that they produce. Countless hours uh, a day, uh, seven days a week, workers and families put in everything that they've got. And that can come at a personal cost. Across the nation, we're in the midst of a mental health crisis, one that affects our children, our seniors, and yes, our farmers too. As governor, as a father, and as someone who has personally witnessed the mental health epidemic among family and friends, there is nothing more important than making sure that every Illinoisan has access to the mental health services that they need to lead happier and healthier lives. Our Farm Family Resource Initiative pilot program has been a resounding success, providing telehealth, mental health access, and a helpline to every single one of our state's 102 counties in its expansion. Our work has only just begun though, and that program is moved out of its pilot phase and will now be an ongoing part of our budget. And I'm very proud that that is now a permanently available resource for farmers across Illinois. Well, today I couldn't be happier to announce an innovative additional grant program to provide our agriculture communities with 
grassroots outreach to help break down the stigma of accessing mental health services. And we have the perfect spokespeople right at our fingertips, and that's our FFA youth. I have two Gen Z kids myself, and let me tell you, this generation knows that healthcare includes mental healthcare. I know that we have historically, across the United States, treated it like there's a stigma associated with mental health care. No longer, and especially for this youngest generation of adults, they understand how important it is. Uh, they're not burdened by the same hesitancy in accessing mental health services as generations past. They speak freely and candidly and empathetically about mental health struggles and it's made them experts of sorts and advocates. So our Rural Mental Health Grant Program begins by funding up to 20 grants at $1,000 each to support FFA chapters in implementing local initiatives to encourage access to mental health resources. And thanks to our state's recent investment to increase FFA membership accessibility, we ha now have 41,000 potential community-based FFA messengers, and they are up to the task. I want to say at this juncture how proud I am of our Senator Doris Turner, who really has been a leader in expanding FFA membership. Um, it was her idea and her leadership that made it possible for us to offer FFA membership free to people all across Illinois, and I just I can't tell you how important that's been. Our greatest problems require our most creative solutions, and I'm confident that this new grant program supporting our young people in their effort to get the word out will simultaneously break down barriers and open up doors for our state's number one uh, uh, challenge and for the providers that are uh, helping to address it. And with that, I want to turn it over to your Rural Affairs Council Chair, my partner in governance, our great Lieutenant Governor, Juliana Stratt. Thank you, Governor Pritzker, for that warm introduction and for your leadership that puts the people who are at the heart of our state's agriculture industry right at the forefront. We can all play a role in breaking down mental health stigma, and our administration is committed to digging in with all hands on deck so every Illinoisan is empowered to raise their voices and receive the resources that they need for a good quality life. The Rural Mental Health Grant Program is a major step in our work to do just that by investing in the efforts that break down barriers to accessing mental health resources. Because if you're struggling with your mental health, it can often feel like you're alone and have nowhere to turn and it's particularly isolating to carry the stigma and shame that prevents many in our rural communities from seeking help. Well, we're here today to make it clear that it's okay to not be okay. Illinois stands with you, and we will continue to uplift the services that will help you to be well. As farmers, growers, and ag workers, you are never alone in your journey because ag connects us all. You know, as an FFA honorary state degree recipient, I've had the privilege of seeing how essential Illinois' FFA chapters are to building even stronger ag communities in our state. 
and the Rural Mental Health Program taps into powerful connections that FFA chapters have cultivated across Illinois to spread the word and break down the stigma to mental health care. And as the chair of the Governor's Rural Affairs Council, I'm focused on working for and with rural residents to build holistic pathways for a good quality of life, including health care, economic opportunities, and education and workforce development. Now that's why the collaboration with SIU is so important. SIU is an important partner and leader in the delivery of health care to our rural communities, and our rural areas have contributed so much to our state. And this announcement shows how we are committed to joining forces as leaders and community members to provide for them. And we're far from done. As we continue to build the groundwork that uplifts rural communities in Illinois, just know that help is here and it's within reach. And if you know someone that's struggling or if you're struggling yourself, the Farm Family Resource Initiative Helpline is available 24-7 at 1-833-FARM-SOS. Again, that's 1-833-FARM-SOS. Thank you, and now I'd like to bring forth a visionary leader and a steadfast partner in this work, SIU System President, Dr. Dan Mahoney. The SIU campuses are internationally known for innovative medical education and research, preparing the next generation of practitioners to deliver the highest quality clinical care. Through our new Institute for Rural Health, which we started just two years ago, SIU aims to improve collaboration across university-based programs and regional partners to improve access to quality health care for rural and farming communities. That's why we're particularly proud to be part of the Farm Family Resource Initiative. It's very much on mission for us. The Farm Family Resource Initiative managed by SIU provides a range of resources, including a helpline to assist with farmer and farm-related issues that include mental and physical health needs, which we've talked about today. We are very grateful to Governor Pritzker, Director Costello and the Department of Agriculture and the late Scott, Senator Scott Bennett for championing this important issue for families that really help all of our communities across the state. And let me say I've lived many parts of the country. I have never seen this amount of support for agriculture from a wide range of elected officials. So really we thank all of them for all of their efforts on behalf of agriculture. It's important to me in my role, but I also say important to me personally, having grown up in a rural community. With partners like the Illinois Department of Agriculture, and the Illinois Department of Human Services, we're already moving forward for health for rural families. Now, working with the Illinois FFA chapters, we have the opportunity to expand our impact by engaging youth in a multi-generational approach to mental health and wellness. So again, thank you, and thank you all for your support. That does it for this edition of Week in Review. I'm Will Stevenson, WMBD Radio News.